RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to America's Most Positive Podcast, The Jim Fannin Show. Be it life, business, sports, or any other facet of your life that you want to improve, Jim can help you become your best, most authentic self. Now, here is your host, the coach of champions, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. He's back. I'm back. Several months off. Where is Jim? I've been uh, crisscrossing the country, giving speeches, meeting clients, but I also had my annual sabbatical. So thank you very much uh, for allowing me to, uh, uh, without any uh, negative feedback, allow me to take some time off. I went to Sedona, Arizona, which I've done many times in my life, to clear my mind, replenish my soul, and uh, get my spirit a rejuvenation. And I do this every year. In Sedona, I lowered my thoughts 40, 50%. I didn't talk a lot. I texted clients only. I'm up in the canyon, a Boynton Canyon, a a vortex, uh, an amazing place. And it's a great place just to clear your mind. You need to find your own Sedona. And once a year, I highly recommend take a day, take two days, take two weeks and clear your mind, reset, have a giant reboot. And that's what I've done. And I am full of energy. I'm ready to go. Let's talk today about fathers. You know, it's Father's Day. The third Sunday of every June in most countries is a day honoring fathers. And I'm a dad with two daughters. And if you're a dad, um, this weekend is a big deal to celebrate your father, whether he's living or he's past, to celebrate the life lessons that he imparted upon you. But if you are a dad, well, that's a double whammy. You're going to have your children uh, maybe buy you a tie or a pair of socks and uh, or take you out to brunch. But the bottom line, it is a day to celebrate fatherhood. Dads. Hi, Dad. James Edward Fannin. Born November 5th, 1921, my father. Now that I'm so much older, my father's passed, I realize the lessons that I learned. And maybe you can write down a list of the lessons you learned from your father. I'm talking about micro lessons. One of the biggest lessons that I learned was the dynamic of risk and reward. Thank you, Dad. If you drink and drive, what's the reward? You'll have fun with some buddies for a few minutes. What's the risk? You hurt someone else. You hurt yourself. You damage your car. You get arrested. Yeah. Is that worth a reward? No. My father wanted me to be a world-class decision maker, and he put me in positions where I needed to make the decision. No one else, just me. And that was from the sports that I played to the career path that I sought and even my education. He put it all on my shoulders. You can handle it. Risk and reward. And I've used that dynamic in everything that I do in business, in relationships. What is the risk? What's the reward? And weigh those two. The other dynamic my father taught me, and thank you, Dad, is supply and demand. I remember as a young child, I sold all my toys. We didn't have a lot of money. But I took every toy, everything my parents had purchased, 
in the last couple of years, toys that I've had for a while, and I took them out back in the yard, put them up on a table, sold them for a nickel, 10 cents, got cleaned out. The neighborhood kids bought everything. My parents were furious, but not my dad. My dad said, obviously, there's a lot of demand for your toys. They're gone. All the kids in the neighborhood brought in two pennies, a nickel, a dime, and they bought it. So congratulations, high demand. But the supply, well, there was only one supply. There was no toy store. No, we we drove an hour to go to a place where we could buy you a toy for Christmas or your birthday. Supply and demand. So what does that mean? (laughs) I should have charged more. I got it. He wasn't even mad. Hey, it's your toys. Now you got none. Oh, well, so be it. But I wasn't wise. I undersold, and uh, thank you very much. Now I have no toys and not a lot of money in my pocket, violating supply and demand. My father was tough. He was hillbilly tough. We were raised in Appalachia, the hills of Kentucky, eastern Kentucky. And my father was a boxer, uh, which I learned early on, a professional boxer. He had multiple professional fights as a featherweight. So he was tough. He always fought people larger than him, and he would fight for 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. But he was a professional boxer. And there was a ring in our basement, really small basement. There wasn't a lot of room to move and definitely no room to run from my dad. Yeah, he popped me a few good times when I didn't hold up my hands to protect myself. Oh, well, it's tough. Boxing's a tough sport. I learned a lot. I learned that if you get hit in the face, the first thing you better do, and this is true in life, cover up, breathe, lower your breathing, relax, even though the guy's still hitting you, cover up so he can't hurt you, and then take your time to find your opening. And if you start swinging wildly after you get hit, or in life, something negative happens and you start reacting and overreacting, you're probably going to lose that battle. And definitely in boxing, you're probably going to get knocked out. So I was boxing. Lefty, little jab, nice hook. It wasn't a Joe Frazier hook, but I had a hook. One day, my dad walked in and said, you're fighting Saturday. What? You're fighting Saturday. I entered you in a Golden Gloves bout in West Virginia. Oh, my goodness. I'm thinking, seriously, (laughs) I'm going to fight against somebody that's really good not in the basement with my father. Yeah, I was so nervous. I couldn't believe it. My father was in the apron. Now, at that time, I left baseball, and and I was embarking on a tennis career. I was learning to play tennis, and I was getting really good, and I loved it. I loved it a lot. But this weekend, I'm boxing. The first round, I'm fighting this kid that was stronger. His neck was the size of my thigh, definitely quicker, better proficient boxer, and I'm fighting him. Every time I threw a punch, he would hit me at least twice, sometimes three times. Bop, 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 bop. He broke my nose. Thank you very much. He put a cut over my eye. He closed my left eye, and he busted my lip. So I'm, I'm bleeding profusely. Throw a punch, he would throw two. Throw a punch, he might throw three. I had no chance. This guy was so much better. When the round was over and I lost it unanimously for sure, my father was 
giving me instructions. I couldn't hear a word he was saying because my ears were ringing after the guy pounded me. We didn't have headgear. I don't know what the instructions were, but it was to get tough, get fanning tough. I could read his lips about that. But tactics, strategy, I had no idea. But as I started the second round, I thought, I'm not going to throw one punch. The guy won't hit me. He's a counter puncher. So if I don't throw a punch, he's not going to throw a punch. And that's what happened. I danced around, thought I was Cassius Clay at the time, soon to be Muhammad Ali, a fellow Kentuckian. And I was waiting to have the big knockout punch, which never came. The round is over. I definitely lost the round. And now my dad's unhappy. He's yelling. I still can't hear him, but I know he's ticked off. He's giving me instructions. I'm not sure what they are, but I did remember one thing. Close it out. Fight. Get tough and fight this guy. Quit dancing. (laughs) And so the third round started, and now I'm fighting. And I'm throwing punches. He's throwing two for every one. I'm bleeding even more profusely. And I look at my opponent. He's got blood all over his face, all over his chest. There's blood all over this guy. But it's my blood from hanging on him. I'm getting crushed. And finally, thank goodness the fight is over. I lose unanimously three rounds. And I went into the corner, slumped over. And my father looked me right in the eye. And he said, tennis? I nodded back and went, tennis. And that launched my tennis career. Thank you, Father, for training me how to fight, how to cover up. And also, thank you for giving me the nudge I needed to put all my eggs in a tennis basket, which helped me in my life, definitely travel the world. My father was always giving me lessons. How about your dad? What have you learned from your father? And as a father, what lessons are you imparting on your kids? Big lessons, macro lessons. You know, what I've learned in parenting and doing parent seminars, our number one objective as a parent is to help our kids become world-class decision makers. They're only as good as what they think when we're not there. And if they're in a situation where there's drugs and If they're looking around to see what their friends are doing, we failed as parents. We lost looking around to see what other people are doing. Seriously, you need to get up, grab your friend, take him with you. And if your friend's not going, you need to go anyway. Be decisive, make a decision, and leave. And my father taught me all about being decisive. Later in my life, My father gets very sick and and very ill. And if you've experienced that, uh, man, you have my empathy. And if you haven't, I don't look forward for that happening for you. But my father's gravely ill. And he called me into his room and we're alone. And I know he wants to give me some message, some instructions. I know he's not going to be living much longer. And here's what he said. He said, Jimmy, I don't want you to drink a lot. I said, Dad, I I don't. I'm an athlete. Yeah, but if you do drink, drink Kentucky bourbon. Don't drink that Tennessee stuff. And don't put any Coke or pop in there. Just a little ice and sip it like a gentleman. Don't just drink it and get nuts. Be responsible. But drink Kentucky bourbon. I understand, Dad. I, I will. I promise. 
I don't want you to gamble. Dad, I don't, I don't gamble. I, I don't play cards. I don't play poker. I don't gamble. He said, but Jimmy, the Kentucky Derby, you got to make a bet every year. Every year you got to make a bet. Well, I've been to 35 derbies, and um, I make a bet every year to honor my father. I will, Dad. I will, and I have. Be nice to the ladies. Say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Open the door. Give up your seat on an airplane or a bus or wherever you are. I will, Dad. Treat women gracious. Be humble. Be polite. I will, Dad. I promise. Don't cuss. Dad, I don't swear. Well, sometimes I do, but not often. He said, well, I prefer you don't use bad language, but every now and then, a well-placed curse word at the right time to the right person, maybe that serves you well. But I think your English and your speak speech really shows who you are. Clean up your language. No bad language. I understand, Dad. I will. And honor your mom. Love your mom. You got a great mom. You know, sometimes mom and I have differences, but she's a great mother. And I always respect her. You know I will, Dad. I promise. And then he looked around to see if anybody else was in the room. And there were no one in the room. We're alone. He said, and you should hook up with a redhead. It's awesome. Now, my mother was blind, so I'm not sure what that meant. There was a redhead in the neighborhood, but I didn't want to go there mentally. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for the lessons. Thanks for the stepping stones that you placed in front of me so that I could become a world-class decision maker. And dads, be the best father that you can be. And if you uh, have a pops that's still alive, celebrate his day. And my recommendation, get with your siblings, write down a battery of questions about your father's future, about his life, about his loves, his likes, his travels, his favorite things, his favorite places, his favorite song growing up, the kind of music he liked, how many loves did he have, did he have any regrets, is there any place he would like to go that he's never been geographically. Make a list and then go video it. Go get a recording of this interview to interview your father. And and you're going to love it. And you'll have that interview for forever. And you can share it with your children and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. You can even put it online. Go interview your father and find out what really made him tick and find out who he was. I've done this with several of my clients and and they've come back after their father passed away and and with tears in their eyes, thank me. Uh, They still have that recording and it meant so much to them. It's Father's Day coming up. Honor Father's Day. You're going to get a new pair of socks, maybe a tie, and maybe somebody will take you out to brunch. It's Father's Day. Thanks, Dad, for the life lessons. And now let's take a little mental break. Let's talk about relaxation. In my travels, bounce around the country, I saw a lot of people stressed out. I saw a lot of people that breathing 20 25 breaths per minute. That's a stress situation. Be aware, think about what you think about, but be aware of your breathing. The best in the world, when they want to get into a zone state, they've reduced their breathing. 
down to six to eight breaths a minute, maybe even under 10. What does that mean? Well, that means taking long inhales and taking long exhales and breathe. Stop every hour and a half, every two hours. You can even set your phone alarm. And when it goes off, smile and breathe. In 15 seconds, two breaths maximum. And when that happens, serotonin now floods into the bloodstream. You'll feel a calm come over you. With your jaw unhinged, this deep breathing, your shoulders will even relax. So that's uh, another little tip du jour as we embark on this upcoming weekend and this next week. Lower your breathing. Relax. Get peaceful. Be calm. This is one part of being in the zone. Yes, we need to be disciplined. Yes, we need to have a vision. And there's no question we need to be focused, confident, trusting in our own abilities. And we got to love what we do and do what we love. But the bottom line also, we need to breathe. We need to relax. Right now, there's too much discipline. People are trying, T-R-Y, try too hard, try an acronym to ruin yourself. America, let's get positive, but let's breathe and let's calm down. And I want to give you one more thing about my father, James Edward Fannin. And I'm the acorn that didn't fall far from the tree. Smartest man I've ever met, uneducated, formally, didn't go to college, didn't have a master's degree, but he could do the New York Times crossword puzzle in one sitting. One day he'd go down and then across, and the next day he'd start across and then go down. I'd go, so dad, how did you know the sun god, Ra, R-A? How do you know that? He looked at me and said, so you didn't learn anything in college? I said, well, I didn't learn that. I don't know how you learn all these little tidbits. Wow, dad. I asked him to come help me in 1974, a long time ago, when the score system was born. That's the system of thinking that attracts the peak performance mindset called the zone, that ultimate mindset when you have a feeling nothing can go wrong. I just interviewed 100 world champions. That took me several months, and I asked them one question. So why are you great? Why are you at the top of the game, the top of your industry? And I interviewed insurance industry uh, icons, uh, a toy company CEO, the biggest toy company in the world, tennis players, baseball players, basketball players, coaches, authors. Why are you great? Here's what they told me in summary. I had a dream. I had a vision that woke me up in the morning and put me in bed at night. And I was organized and committed to tasks that led to goals that would take me to a vision, my dream. And again, That dream woke me up and tucked me in bed at night. Every one of those 100 champions told me that in some form or fashion. Discipline, self-discipline. And then they all told me that they could put blinders on when they performed, whether it was a business presentation or on the court, on the field, on the course. They could focus. They could be present and hold that present tense thinking for an inordinate long amount of time. They could focus mental and physical energy on the task at hand. 
they had a high level of concentration. I also learned that, man, they were confident. They really believed in their skills. They believed in their strategy, their tactics. But even more than belief, man, they had expectancy. And I learned that from 100 great world champions. I also found out that they breathed deeper and longer, and they looked like they weren't even trying. They looked cool, especially when performing. You never saw them sweat, especially when moments of truth arrive when the money's on the table, and whoever makes the next positive move picks up the money. Relaxation. And then last, and they loved what they did, and they did what they loved, and they even loved the challenges which is even more amazing, the obstacles, um, even the heartaches, they learned from it and got up and enjoyed and relished the challenge. Yeah, they didn't use the word P-R-O-B-L-E-M. I don't even want to say it. You know what that says. If my clients say that, I hang up on them. I tell them in advance. That word is taboo. That word's heavy. Uh, It's uh, cumbersome. It can get you down. I have P-R-O-B-L-E-Ms. Now, the best in the world have challenges, and that inspires them, and that motivates them. And so I, I relayed this to my father, who was a wordsmith. I saw him write every day in cursive, the Palmer method, which he uh, forced me to learn how to do. Thank you, Father. Even though I'm left-handed, I do write really beautifully and really well. Yes, I should. I practice that a lot next to my father. My father said, I'll be back two or three days. I want to ponder what you said about these 100 champions because there is a formula here, and you just gave it to me. I went to his condo about three days later, and it was in what I thought total disorganized disarray. My father had taken three-by-five cards and had written one word on each of those cards. And they were all intangible words. And they were spread out on the carpet, on the counters, on the furniture. I'm like, Dad, what's going on? (laughs) Are you you moving? What's happening? He said, well, I've been given a lot of thought to your interview with 100 world champions. And here's what I think you have without realizing it. He pulled out a card that said self-discipline. He said, that's the first thing the great champions had. They had a vision, and they had a commitment and a willingness to stay with stepping stone tasks and goals to reach it. Self-discipline. It's the only form of discipline. And that's first. And there's some intangibles that go under that, like strategy and tactics and persistence, organization. And then there's some negative words, aimless, out of control, which is not a word but a phrase. Yes, My father showed me the positive and the negative words that fall under self-discipline. Then he took another card that had concentration on it. He said the champions you talked to had great concentration. They focused on one thing at a time. They were not multitaskers like everyone thinks that they are. No, they could finish what they started one task at a time. And someone with concentration now has a place to send their energy, that laser-like energy. And where is that? Well, it's part of the self-discipline to the vision, the goals, the tasks. And concentration became second. 
right there on the carpet. Self-discipline first, concentration second. And then he pulled out optimism. I said, Dad, I, not one person mentioned optimism. I know they said trust and confidence and belief and expectancy. You do know I'm the president of the Optimist Club. Yes, Dad, I, I know that. We have to use optimism or we're done. I can't help you. I said, okay, Dad, optimism. And underneath optimism is confidence, belief, and trust, and expectancy, and faith, and hope. And of course, underneath that, he had a line of all the negatives of pessimism, and despair, and hopelessness, and other intangible words. And he said, you know, there's two other elements that the world champions you interviewed, they mentioned in some form or fashion. Relaxation, and he put it, relaxation, right next to the optimism So there on the floor was a card that said self-discipline, another card that said concentration, another that said optimism, and another that said relaxation, calm, cool, peaceful, tranquil. And then he had the negative attributes, fear, stress, negativity, pessimism. And then last and definitely not least, he said, you know, the end product of this word that this spells, and I still didn't know what he was talking about, he put down enjoyment. And there in front of me was an acronym, S-C-O-R-E. And then with further research, I realized those five markers, those five intangibles together attracted chemicals from our own body, cortisol, glycogen, endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, adrenaline, this chemical cocktail mix of these five intangibles that you and I possess right now. Every dad has a higher low level of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment. And there it was. Thank you, dad. You really found that score system, that acronym that has served me well and so many millions of people around the world for almost five decades. Thanks, Pops. You're awesome. You are the smartest man I've ever met. Unless you're driving, shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, and lower your breathing. Think of something right now that you want. Not necessarily need. What do you want in your life? What do you want in your personal self arena? Do you want to weigh 185 pounds? Do you want to get a new outfit? you want to change your confidence and bolster it to the highest level? Do you want more time for spirituality? Do you want to get physically as fit as possible? And do you want mental fitness as well? This is your arena Think one thing right now, what do I want for me? No one else, not my spouse, not my kids, me. What do I want? See it in completed state. See it as if it's so. And now let's switch gears. Let's talk about personal finance, the change in your pocket, the equity in your house, your net worth, all those bills. What do you want? Debt-free, 
a billion dollars of net worth, a hundred million, a million, a new job, a new career? What do you want? What do you want personal finance? Of course, the new career, new job, that's going to put hopefully more money in your pocket. What do you want personal finance? If you want to have money, you need to think about money. But choose some vision about your own personal finance. And now change gears. If you're a dad, what do you want for each of your children? Would you like your daughter to have more optimism? Would you like your son to have more self-discipline? Each person that you've sired is different. It's like, wow, same mom, same dad, three totally different humans. What do you want for them that will help them 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now? See it as if it's so. See it as it will be. And now, what do you want in your relationship? You know, you got together because you had shared vision. Do you still have shared vision? Do you need shared vision again to ignite your relationship? So what do you want? What do you see? Does one plus one equal three? You and your significant other together equal more than a part? Or what's the point? What do you want? How about your friends? Are you the best friend you can be? Let's look in that arena of your life. How many best friends do you have? None? One? Two? We have a lot of acquaintances. We typically have anywhere from 10 to 50 key people in our life, not necessarily our best friends, but these are people we interact with every day. How's that working out? Do we need to upgrade our friends? Do we need to delete a couple of friends that maybe take us off a path of success? How are your friends? But look in the mirror. How are you as a friend? Are you the best friend possible? Is it all about you or do you ask great questions? Do you know your, your friend's children? Do you know their birthdays? Do you know what your best friend's dreams are, hopes, and even what they're challenged with? See, that's a friend. Through thick or thin, you're my friend, unconditional. I don't always like you, but I love you as my friend. And now change gears. Are you the best brother you can be? The best sister you can be? Look in that arena. What do you want? Do you want more peacefulness, more communication? Are you on the same page regarding your parents, their future? You know, at some point, at some point, we love our parents, and they've coached us, they've raised us, and my parents did that for me. But at some point, I'm coaching mom, I'm coaching dad. Are you and your siblings on the same page? Because that transition's real. It's right around the corner for some, and it's already landed for others. Are you the best sibling that you can be? And now, are you the best son you can be? Are you the best daughter that you can be? Both my parents have passed, but I celebrate them every day. I open the door for young ladies. That's to honor my mom. I even call them back and say, get back here. Let me hold this door open for you. It's to honor my mother. I'll get in trouble. She'll come back from the grave. Come on. And I always look nice. 
I, I dress as well as I can. That's the honor of my dad. My dad had no money. He had one sport coat. He had one shirt, pair of pants. He would wash and iron that shirt every day. It was amazing. I remember when I started making a little bit of money, I went and bought my dad some clothes. Oh, my gosh. He cried. I'll never forget that day. It was such an honor to be there with my pops, watching him try on suits and sport coats. And I, I, I went all out. Are you the best son, the best daughter that you can be? This is not once a year on Mother's Day that's passed or Father's Day, which is coming up. Now, this is every day. Honor thy mother and father. Respect them. Love them unconditionally. But they have dreams. They have hopes. They have challenges. Are you aware of theirs? Do you ask them? Do you ask them about their future? You know, at some point you wake up and you realize, I got more past than future. Wow. You wake up at 60 and go, man, I got more past than future unless I live to 121 years old. And by the way, I will live to 125. I'm having a big party and I'm jumping naked out of a birthday cake. I am. You got you to you gotta come to my party. 125, we got a few years uh, for me to plan that and for you to make your reservation. Honor your father. So what lessons have you learned from your dad? And can you take those lessons and share them with others? You know, our, our parents meant well. They did the best they could at the time that they were raising us. So let's honor Pop. Let's have an amazing zone day this coming weekend. And let's make sure that dad gets in the zone. Now, let's go to the Zone Cafe because I want you to choose what's the missing link. You know that there's five markers. And that zone, that purposeful, calm feeling that nothing can go wrong, it's applicable to everything in your life. It's not just for sports superstars. No, it's not just for Toronto or Golden State to get into the zone. The shooters get in the zone. That's not what it's about. Being in the zone will help you in super healing, super learning. When you're reading a book and you're immersed into the character of the book and you take on the emotions and the the fears, the hopes and the dreams of one of the characters, and this is true for a movie, you forgot about your own life and your own past and your own future. You're in the book. And then someone interrupts you or your phone rings and then you try to get back into the book or you pause the movie, you're going to get back into the movie. You were in the zone. We can be in the zone in, on, or around it every single day of our lives. This is not just for the superstar. So drive up right now to the Zone Cafe. We're cooking five things, and you can only order one. What do you need? What's the missing link today for you? Do you need self-discipline? we got a big box of self-discipline the willingness, the commitment to stay with the task, to reach a well-defined goal. If you need that, take that box and get organized, get disciplined, if that's the missing link in achieving your dreams and goals. But maybe, maybe you need to order a big slab of concentration, the ability to focus. Maybe you need to focus better in golf. Maybe you're taking work out on the golf course. That's a no-no for sure. Do you need concentration? Take a slab of it right now. That may be the missing ingredient 
for you to attract that purposeful, calm feeling of the zone. But maybe, maybe you need optimism. You need confidence. Maybe you need to have trust that what you got's enough. Is that what you need? Well, we're cooking up a whole lot of optimism. It's on the boil. It's at a high level. And if you want to walk around with your chin up and you feel like you're 6'8", and I know you're not 6'8", but you feel it, and you've got a feeling that nothing can go wrong, you want that? you got to order optimism right now. That'll get rid of doubts, no question. But maybe, maybe you need to lower your breathing. Maybe you need to chill out a little bit. Maybe you need to relax and breathe. Well, we got a cool, cool, tall drink of relaxation. I'd love to put that in your car so you can take it away with you so that you're calm, cool, peaceful, tranquil. If that's what you need, order relaxation. But maybe, maybe you need the happy meal, the smile, the laughter, the pep in your step, skipping for no reason, listening to music all the time and hopping a ride on the beats and the rhythms of the song. Do you need some enjoyment in your life? Doesn't that make you smile right now? If it's making you smile, you better order the Happy Meal right now. What's the missing link? Because this score, domino-like chain, is only as strong as the weakest link in you. And you may need self-discipline today, and then next week you might need optimism. Or maybe you need enjoyment. It fluctuates, but you're responsible for being aware of what you need. You're in the Zone Cafe. Place your order. And for me, well, I'm back from a long hiatus. So self-discipline is where I'm at. I've got a plan. I have a blueprint of what I would like to accomplish, not just now, but also in the next quarter, which starts July 1. That's coming up. Q3, a great 91 days. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. My blueprint is almost fleshed out. Self-discipline is what I'm needing. The Zone. It's the only place to be. Happy Father's Day. Celebrate Dad. I'm Jim Fannin, and I'll be back next week for another episode of The Jim Fannin Show. Be in the zone, everyone. It's the only place to be. This has been America's Most Positive Podcast, The Jim Fannin Show. Get more of Jim's knowledge, experience, and tips, as well as what's coming up on the show now at jimfannon.com. And make sure to follow Jim on Twitter, at Jim Fannin. This has been The Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. Come see me June 20th. It's a Thursday, 7 p.m. at the Wilmette Theater in downtown Wilmette, Illinois. Jim Fan will be on stage, hosted uh, by Jennifer Weigel. She has a spiritual enlightenment series, and I am the guest of honor. So we'll take questions from the audience. No subject off limits. Come be in the zone with me live at the Wilmette Theater, June 20th. 2019, 7 p.m. See you then. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy. 
Radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. Thank you.